Hello and welcome to episode 843 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, August 20th. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well, um, all things considered. Got to watch Casey Mize pitched yesterday. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, pitching was a lot of uh, pitching was great yesterday. There was a lot of good pitching. We're going to get into a bunch of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. It's pretty smoky here. We've got fires on like every side of us, which is uh, a bit crazy. Uh, you know, almost like the new normal. Uh, but uh, we're luckily far enough away from every one of them this time, so that's at least good. Yeah, that is good. You had to evacuate last time, yeah. Yeah. No, last last year we didn't have to evacuate. 2017. Uh, we did, but I mean, yeah, the last few times we've had fires, uh, they've been, you know, up. We had one that got within a mile of our house, uh, but uh, this time, it, you know, the closest one's about 30 miles away. But uh, it is literally looking like it is snowing in August in Northern oh. California right now. So much ash dropping. Well, hopefully, everybody um, who's listening who is near that stays safe and. Uh, yeah, I know Jen's been keeping a close eye on it with her parents in California, and mm-hmm. thankfully they're out of the danger zone right now too. But you just you, you don't know, and so it's mm-hmm. always it's always scary. And hopefully everything goes all right. Uh, yeah, these like you said, new normal. You know, it just mm-hmm. seems it's almost like it's it's there's fire season now. You know, not to mention I lit my house on fire, or at least my brother-in-law did. What happened there? You sent us the picture. What <laughs> the literal heck happened there? I don't know. I was having a cigarette, uh, you know, on the side of my house and, uh, you know, there've been fires everywhere. And so it's been smoky and ash been falling, but all of a sudden it looked really, really smoky in my backyard. Uh, and I was like, that's weird. And I walked around and the barbecue he had been making ribs on, uh, was engulfed in flames and it had gotten onto the house. And so jumped into action, grabbed the hose, put it out, uh, Thankfully, you know, it, it must have been uh, something wrong with the, you know, the gas line mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, water didn't exacerbate it like a, a, it would have on a grease fire uh, and got it out and a little bit of damage to the house, but nothing too bad. Uh, just just very, very lucky that I'm a smoker. I mean, smoking saved our lives, you know, <laughs> in a roundabout way. It sure <laughs> did. But I'm not going to let you use that as a reason to continue smoking. Mm. It's a, it's a w- one-off positive check mark, but uh, we're going to have to review all the negative check marks that uh, that smoking has. Anyway, I'm not here to chastise you about that. I, I'm glad that you were able to see that. That was terrifying. That picture really, really shook me a bit. Like, holy crap, that could have been so much worse. So I'm glad that uh, you got everything handled there. Let's talk some baseball, man. Um, Casey Mize debuted yesterday. So did Dane Dunning, by the way. He was a prospect of, of some note. Nowhere near Mize. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, since he was facing the Tigers, he was matching him pitch for pitch because the Tigers are striking out left and right. Did you get to watch Mize's debut? Yes. I, I watched uh, both these guys go at it. Both of them were very impressive mm-hmm. uh, at times. Uh, Mize definitely, uh, I think, started to just slow down after about the third or you know halfway through the third inning 
uh, of pitching and probably was out there for a little bit longer than he should have been considering how he slowed down. But I mean, guys young tigers were in a losing streak. Just let the guy go, I guess, uh, and see if he can work his way out of it. Uh, I was surprised he got seven strikeouts, man. That's, you know, that's not something that necessarily I thought would be part of his game, uh, at this point, especially through only what four and a third, um, so, yeah, I mean, both were very impressive, and I'm looking forward to kind of seeing. I think they both have two starts next week, so yes. that'll be uh, that'll be fun for fantasy. Yeah, they'll, they'll both have two starts. And, you know, it, it is interesting. I know that's surprising a lot of folks because he didn't have gaudy strikeout rates coming up. Mize didn't. Um, you know, he, he didn't have super long stops, but the three stops that, that were at least – I mean, he had two innings at rookie ball. Who cares? But then 11 and two thirds at high A, 21 percent, um, repeated high A for 30 and two thirds, 28 percent. That is pretty strong. And then 78 and two thirds at double A last year, 24 percent. So it's not like he was strikeout deficient. I think one of the things that there was a little bit of a disconnect uh, between that strikeout, that, that expected strikeout rate and what he was doing was that the swinging strike rate was always there in the uh you know, it was sitting at 14, 15% last year. And I think that that should have been the indication that there's, mm-hmm. there's some swing and miss to his game. Uh, even if the, even if the raw strikeout total wasn't necessarily there. And I know everyone was expecting Scooble, Treat Scooble to put up the big strikeouts. He really struggled through his first outing. Um, it, it was just a dud outing, you know, you, you, you never know how these out, debuts are going to go with the nerves and everything. Scooble definitely looked like he was uh, caught up in the moment. But I was saying we did a we did a watch party on Twitch for the Mize uh, debut. I was saying if you took a casual fan who knows baseball and all that but doesn't really know all the players, and you just said how long has this guy been pitching? There's no way anybody would have said that was Mize's debut. Mm-hmm. The poise, command and control, like his presence on the mound. I know those are some like soft factors, but that was so impressive. He was certainly not consumed by the moment, and you could definitely see it. That splitter was beautiful. Um, I thought the way he was working different zones uh, was really impressive. I, I, I was really, really taken by the whole thing. Um, like you said, it started to wear down a bit at the end there. He ends up, ends up going four and a third, gives up a few runs, but a, a 35% strikeout rate uh, on the seven walks, or on the seven strikeouts, excuse me, and no, no walks. Um, like I said, Dunning for his part. You know, tearing up the Tigers is one thing. We need to take that into consideration there before you go bidding like crazy. He's really a 4-5 four, four, type, but he did register seven strikeouts himself in four and a third. Um, only walked one, gave up three runs, five hits, but he pitched pretty well too. Now now I got to put you to the test here. We talked about this on Tuesday. I said after they debut, I'm going to ask you for a figure now. Um, include Scooble in this too because he had the dud outing. We'll see what he does against Cleveland. So I guess it'll still be hard to answer for him because he'll have that Sunday mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon start against Cleveland that could uh, change the price here. But what do you think Mize, Scooble, and Dunning are going to go for uh, in, in free agent bids this week in, in 15 and 12 team mixers? Let's start with Mize. I think that – I mean, I think all these guys are going to go for a lot of money. I think obviously Mize will likely go for the most – considering he is the the premier prospect of the three and uh, and had the best debut 
uh, well, I mean, I guess you could argue. I mean, him and Dane Dunning had the same, pretty much yeah, exactly basically same the same team. debut. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think the pedigree, I mean, I think he's probably going to go for 200 plus. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting because he does have the two start next week. And it's against the Cubs and the Twins. Like, I don't think I want any part of that. And so I don't think that I'm going to uh, go in on either Scooble or Mize very, very heavy. I'll put some bids in that are like, you know, keep them honest type bids. By the way, Dunning actually might not pitch next week. They only have five games. They could feasibly skip him until the following week. Um, if they want, Giolito can get both starts. Giolito's going to pitch Tuesday, so he could get the two starts with Keiko, Gio, and Cease going in the middle there. So mm-hmm. uh, keep that in mind when you're bidding on him. Maybe that keeps the bids down, mm-hmm. and you get an opportunity to get him at, at, at a discounted rate because you don't want to overpay based on this start. Again, the Tigers can make anybody look good uh, with, with their swing and miss, and Dane Dunning really does cut more of a 4-5 type. Now, I understand being nervous about Mize's two-step there, and you don't really want to pay 200 plus dollars to sit somebody. Um, that you know that that doesn't seem like the best use of resources, particularly with uh, just five bidding periods left. But when you talk about keeping keep them honest bid, are you still talking triple digits? No, 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 not triple digits. I'm talking like 30, 40 bucks type thing. Okay, well then you're. Not I mean. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to get him. I mean, even if it lines up that he pitches, you know, every fifth game, his third start after the two start, it's going to get go against Minnesota again, too. Oof. Like, so you're talking about two starts against Minnesota, one against Chicago, when he probably has, what, six starts left? Yeah. yeah. I just, no, I'm just not going to play for it. I Actually, yeah. honestly, I don't even know if I'll put a bid in. I mean, you should always put a bid in. Should you? If you're yeah. not going to use him for three of his remaining If you remaining got him six, for $40, like, just, there's no way that's bad. There's no way that's bad. Uh, all right. I mean, here's here's a question for you then. Would you rather have uh, Mize knowing that you're probably not going to use him for the next two weeks? I mean, I feel like, I, I, I got to be honest, I actually feel like I would use him next week. You'd use him. You'd use him in the two-star versus Chicago versus yeah. the Cubs. And I mean, I was so impressed with what he did. Like, you know, he's not some must-start type of guy, but I, on a two-step, I, I think I actually would take the risk there. I mean, I'd have to look at like you know my teams and evaluate. You know, sure, sure. Like, um, it's a case-by-case basis type thing, but I'm feeling like it's unlikely that I'm going to want to risk having my ratios blown up twice in a week. You know, with a guy who's unproven. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I hear you, but I mean, he's top prospect for a reason. Pitched, you know, every bit like the top prospect. So, um, listen, I understand some trepidation, particularly with that with that two step next week. But I think you have to put a bid in. Like, I, I, I don't know that you do. Yeah, I, I, I really I don't. I mean, I mean, fully here's the situation. Here's the situation I'm in. I, I'm, you know, NFPC, obviously, we don't have IL, so I'm stashing Verlander in a league who I picked up for 15 bucks last week. 
you know. And so I, if I, if I'm gonna pick someone up and then not play them, that really puts a strain on my roster flexibility. I, you know, I've got to make sure. You know, I've pretty much got to start every other pitcher you on my pay, roster. You only paid 14 bucks for him. I figured that was probably just for like one week to see if there was any progress in the news. For and sure. I'm not sure that there necessarily was anything that uh, that would make you want to keep him this week, but. I mean, again, we've seen in leagues where guys get, you know, players by by doing just a, a token bid and it can pan out so nicely. Yeah, you probably you almost certainly will not get them. But what if your entire league feels the way you do backs out? You cannot tell me that getting him at, at 30 to 50 dollars would not be a positive. Like it's just not that big of an outlay. Um for somebody like Casey Mize and, and specifically Mize like Scooble, you know, he was rough in the debut and he has Minnesota next week. So I get having a little bit more trepidation with him. I to- totally understand that, but I really think that, uh, I will I really say think- their last, uh, Chicago or sorry, no, uh, Detroit's schedule for the last two weeks is pretty cake. You're talking Kansas from from the 15th to the 26th, Kansas City five times, uh, Cleveland four times at Minnesota twice. Like so, I mean, that. if you if you can avoid those two at Minnesota, like you're you know you're getting two starts or maybe even three starts against you know Kansas City, Cleveland, Kansas City. So I don't know. Uh, it, it's definitely going to be a game time decision. I'll, I'll definitely write them up for my uh, my Fab article this week. Uh, you know, and and kind of give my thoughts out on that. So, and I'm sure if Jason and I are able to get together uh, this week, I was supposed to go camping this weekend, but with uh with all the fires, yeah, doesn't seem like that's yeah yeah doesn't seem like that's gonna happen. So uh, likely we'll record this weekend, uh, and maybe we'll talk about uh, this one more time. But right now I'm feeling pretty uh pretty tentative on wanting to pick up either Scooble or Mice. Google, you know, it's going to be very much token bid. Mize, I'm, I'm going to put like a real bid, and if I get him, I think I'm going to go ahead and play him. Um, I saw enough from him that makes me think that he's probably not going to get blown out of both those games. Like the the, the, the poise and, and command of his stuff was enough there. By the way, Dunning, um, if he doesn't get one of the starts next week and they let Julio throw the two-step, which everyone in fantasy is certainly hoping for uh, against Pittsburgh and KC. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. How great would that be? I need that for my uh, <laughs> for my that, teams that, that have Giolito. That could be a huge infusion of of numbers for Giolito, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dunning would then be lined up for a two step, possibly again. They, at that point, they could slot him in wherever they wanted. But the uh, trajectory here that Rotowire has would put him at Minnesota and at KC. So one bad, one good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, likely not pitching this upcoming week because they don't need a fifth starter. So here's a really interesting story that I did not expect that we would see. Steven Mass is going to the bullpen. Wait, that's not the story. Uh, Seth Lugo is taking his spot in the rotation. And they want to stretch him out and keep him in the rotation indefinitely. Now, Lugo was was in the rotation when he was first coming up and i remember like he they hybrid they they did the hybrid role stuff his very first year 
And he's one of those guys where you're like, oh, my God, if he just gets mm-hmm. five plus innings, he can do some things. And and that's exactly what he did when they put him in the rotation to end the season. His eight starts, he generated a 268 ERA. Strikeouts went way down. He had 29 and 47 innings after striking out a bunch in the uh, in the bullpen in these multi-inning rolls. Uh, 17 in 17 innings. So a strikeout per inning. But then the following year, he started pretty much fully. Uh, 18 starts, one relief appearance. Put up a 471 ERA and a 138 whip. Since then, he's pretty much lived in the bullpen, uh, save a handful of starts in 2018. And I want to see if those were opens or like actual. No, those were legit starts. He had six shutout innings, five earned in five, two earned in five, four shutout innings. And then six runs, only three earned in three. But that was at Colorado, so you can excuse that one. So, you know, uh, modest success there in the 2018 five starts. But in the last uh, last year, full bullpen. And then so far this year, full bullpen. Now, he needs to get stretched out, Lugo does. But what do you think about this move here? Obviously, it's not t- particularly actionable for fantasy because uh, he was closing. So mm-hmm. people already have him in every league. Like he's not He's not available in any league. Are you intrigued by this to the degree that you think it's going to be fantasy viable for Seth Lugo as a starter? I am, but not necessarily for 2020. Yeah, because, I mean, he still has to stretch out. He's only yeah. been pitching. Um, I mean, in his last four outings, it's been one, one, a third, and one. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, and that's largely because he's, yeah, he's been closing. And- yep. And things like that because Diaz had struggled and, and I mean one it's great for Diaz uh, people have got Diaz rostered which I am one of those so uh, and for his part he's come back around like yes, if yes. you look at his numbers right now the only thing that you would have pause with for Diaz is the uh, 4.2 walks per nine he has five walks and his ten and two thirds but he has 24 strikeouts mm-hmm. and only the one homer that he gave up early and we all thought oh boy here we go again. But to his credit, he's really he's really settled it down. So I think he is ready to reassume that role as the closer. So that'll be good for you and the folks mm-hmm. who have him rostered. But yeah, like what can they possibly expect out of Lugo right now? Like how quick or how long will it take him to get ramped up, you think? I think it's going to take at least three starts. And then we're talking, you know, like I said, if we've only got about six starts left yep. in the season uh, and, and maybe not that many for, you know, for some teams, uh that's not going to be super beneficial for fantasy in 2020. However, if you're in a dynasty league, if you're in a keeper league, uh, the person who may have them on their team right now may have been stoked about the saves and now kind of upset that he's moving into the rotation. Yeah. yeah. And you, so you, you I think a case it, that you'd rather have him closing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, uh, I think this might be even like a buy low opportunity, especially after his first start, which we can't imagine is going to go longer than maybe three innings. Exactly. I, I don't really see that. So I would, if you're not in a competing uh, position right now, or you're looking to go for 2021, uh, I might try to buy low on Lugo in a dynasty or keeper league. Uh, and uh, and then you can either try to flip him if he's good next year or you, you get to reap the rewards. So I, I've always liked uh, Seth Lugo. I was bummed when they took him out of the rotation uh, because they were so stacked there. I mean, there's always a chance that they do that again, but uh, it, it seems like this is going to be uh, his role moving forward. 
Uh, and I hope he's good. Yeah, me too. It's, it'll be fun to see. And, you know, maybe he can transition there and ramp up quickly. Maybe he gets three innings this time. And then by the second start, he, he's he's ready to go. But I, it, hard to say. Hard to say. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about Mr. Brad Keller. Do you want to guess how many runs he's given up this year in 17 and two-thirds innings? I know exactly how many. It's zero. It's very easy answer. It's zero indeed. Uh, Brad Keller uh, got a slow start this year because of COVID, so he didn't get his first start till August 6th. But uh, he shut out the Cubs for five scoreless, and then since he back-to-back for six and six and two-thirds. So he's not he's not beaten up on on clown squads there. I know since he isn't quite playing to their full potential, but they're they're not a bad offense at all. Um, and Chicago is a very good one, and he embarrassed them. Brad Keller, three and oh, zero ERA, point ninety one WHIP, strikeouts even up a little bit. Uh, he has fifteen and seventeen and two thirds. Still walking guys, but that's kind of part of his game is that he doesn't give in. He'll walk somebody, attack the next batter. How do you feel about him right now? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think there's obviously going to be some regression coming. Nah, nah, nah. nah. He's going to get better. His ERA will get better. Book it. Uh, he, he's definitely gotten uh, lucky in the strand rate department, in the BABIP department. Uh, do I think that this – I think do I think that he could keep it together long enough where uh, if you've already rostered him for his first three starts that you're going to be pretty happy – with your waiver wire pickup a you know a few weeks ago at the end of the year, yeah, I, I do. Uh, that being said, I mean, the walk rate is a bit concerning. You know, walking four per nine sure. right now, but kind I mean, of part he's, of his game though, like I said, yeah, like, he won't give he won't give in. Like he'll walk somebody, mm-hmm. attack the next hitter, which I kind of like because he's not a big strikeout guy and mm-hmm. he feels like he can get the ground ball the next batter. It can be dangerous, and that when his bad outings go south. There's a lot of base runners at that point when, mm-hmm. when the hits start falling. But uh, I don't mind uh, Brad Keller's approach. He's always going for that ground ball out, and he figures, hey, I can get a double play here. I'm not just going to lay in some meatball here on a on a pitcher's count, on a hitter's count rather. Yeah, I mean, if he's available, I gotta. I mean, when's his? Where's his next start? Is the question. <laughs> I mean, if he's available, I think you pick him up and you try to ride the kind of ride what he's doing right now. Uh, but I, I don't think he's necessarily particularly safe. It's two start at St. Louis at the White Sox. Oh, I'll take that. I mean, St. Louis has been decimated by COVID. There, yeah. I mean, Brad Miller has been their number five hitter. Hey, he's been like, killing it though too. Yeah, it's been, but still, <laughs> it's, it's still Brad Miller. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think I would. I think I would continue to ride it for at least another week, and then you can reevaluate. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much what you have to do right now in, in fantasy anyways, is, you know, go on a week by week basis, then reevaluate everything and, and then do it all over again uh, for these last few weeks. Uh, but Keller has been impressive in those starts. And uh, and I can't see anything that is like super alarming to me. Swinging strike rates up. Uh, I mean, uh, he's, you know, throwing a, more in the zone, but he gets that, you know, those ground balls so that like that's not necessarily super concerning to me either. So, yeah, if you're if your expectation for Brad Keller the rest of the way is something like a 380 to 420 ERA. Yeah, I think you're in the right ballpark there. And if that's something that helps your your squad to have him um, with, you know, 
expect that and take anything else as as a bonus uh, because he's it, been pitching out of his mind right now. It's weird to say this about a guy who's thrown 17 innings in, in three games and uh, not a lot of run, but he's like a high floor, low ceiling guy. And, I know. And, and that, I think that, everybody how we view him. And I think everybody could use one of those guys with how volatile pitching's been this year and how many no injuries doubt. there are. No doubt. I mean, you know, we were talking about this. Uh, our special section today is going to be on some of the guys that we missed. And you were saying looking up and down the pitching ranks of the guys who just got hurt. You know, we're not mm-hmm. we're not taking L's on the guys who got hurt. There's plenty to go around for the uh, for the guys who are still upright. But just so many injuries, um, which we knew were going to happen. That's what made the COVID so scary is because you also have that in addition to all the standard injuries that we get. Um, so, yeah, that's Brad Keller. Take a look at your 10 teams. Some of your 12s, he's going to still be available, and, and you're going to want to take a look there. I think mostly 10-teamers, um, but I would pick him up for that two-start for sure. Aaron Savale crushed Pittsburgh last night with a uh, complete game. He did give up a run, but he's down to a 291 ERA and a .97 whip. You know, we can talk about some guys we got wrong. This certainly is not one of those. Uh, it is for me. I was not in on Aaron Savale, and... Um... You know, I'm myself. I'm really. Yeah, I, I know. I know. You're, you're you're just looking to pat yourself on the yeah. back. But I mean, I I was very uh, tepid on him. My main event partner in uh, one of our main events, I kept going. Hussvali's top guy on my list, and I kept like steering us away from him. And uh, you know, that's my bad. You know, I was I was wrong. And I mean, I was willing to admit it after start two. He he just he's been so dominant. It's it's just been. Uh, uh, so impressive to see like how he mixes those pitches and just makes hitters look foolish uh, at the plate. So I'm 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 super pumped for you, and I know you have him on a lot of teams. So uh, bummer for me, but uh, <laughs> no chance he's getting out of this rotation <laughs> considering no, no. Uh, they're missing two big pieces already. And who knows what happens when with them when they come back. Yeah, for real. Uh, one thing that's been really interesting about Savali, too, four of his five starts have been on the road. So mm-hmm. he's he's going into other ballparks. Obviously, they're not really hostile environments right now with no fans. But, you know, he's got on the road dominating at Minnesota, at the White Sox, at Detroit. Hilariously enough, his worst start, six innings, four runs, only three strikeouts <laughs> and then uh, bounce back from that, you know, mediocre those, start there. Tigers. Hey, those pesky Tigers. Uh, but you, the, the funny thing is, you know, even with the runs, you'd be like, okay, give up some runs, but you'd expect some strikeouts. And you only got three. That was the hilarious part. It wasn't that hilarious for my DFS teams, but it was it was kind of <laughs> hilarious. And then he bounced back with the uh, with the complete game yesterday at Pittsburgh. Nine innings, one run, five hits, six strikeouts. So Savali has been excellent. Um, and I just kind of wanted to acknowledge him a little bit because, uh, you know, it has been really nice to watch him pitch well. And, you know, we saw police sacks been good too. Obviously, his off the field stuff uh, is being punished, uh, duly so. But I think it's time to bring those guys back. By the way, like I don't know how much longer they're gonna continue this. I, apparently, well, they, they have Perez, to be gone for ten days. It, has it not been ten? I don't think it has. I thought, yeah, didn't they leave like last? Uh, not the Sunday we just had the Sunday before that. Uh. Let's, Let's look see. at here. Hang on. I can look at we can judge it by police sacks last start. His last start was on the eighth. Yeah. Like so 
Okay, I guess I guess if Monday counts the first day, I don't know if it's Sunday or Monday that's counting the first day. I guess I think it's Monday. Okay, then I guess ten days is today. Okay, then then it it just feels like it's been so long. But uh, now they there was a report that said if Plesak was down for eighteen days and Clevenger was down yeah. for twenty days, they get an extra year of service time. They're so stupid if they do that, and I hope that they go on a huge losing streak if they do that. Yeah, I mean they're. Doing well, uh, I mean, they're only half game behind the Twins mm-hmm. for the division. But the White Sox um, are right there. I, I, the White I Sox hope they are miss the right playoffs there. if they do that. I really I do. I mean, I think they would get one of those two wild card spots either way. Yeah, we'll see. You never know. You're going to keep two. You keep these two guys out for another uh, eight to ten days? I mean, I wouldn't, but I could understand why they would. I cannot understand. I think that would be remarkably stupid in every possible way and i would want no offense to the guys filling in i hope they give up 15 runs every time out (laughs) and i'm not even talking about the fantasy implications of it like you know that part would be a bummer too but just using this to get service time manipulation nah i i'm so out on that and i would want them to get devastated in every game that they play and wind (laughs) out on the outside looking in on the playoffs and be like, man, you know, you could have used two like really strong arms there for, uh, for a week to 10 days in the middle of the season. Yeah. I would, I would, Oh, I'll be rooting against them so hard if they leave them down this long. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I absolutely will. Uh, from Valdez sat by most folks this week, myself included. Me and well. I stand by the process, mm-hmm. but he went into Coors field and said, Hey dummies, you should have played me. I'm awesome. Uh, very, very impressive start there for Framber Valdez. His ERA is down to 172 on the year, 109 whip, uh, 29 strikeouts and 31 and a third. He's been awesome. He threw seven and two thirds, three runs, only one of them earned, seven hits, a walk, five strikeouts for Framber Valdez in Coors Field. What are we thinking based on this? I mean, does this, does this change your outlook on him? Uh, with regards to Framber Valdez, what you expect for him the rest of the way, or was this just a great start in a difficult environment for a quality pitcher? Like, wh- like, wh- what does this do for you? I know it's one start, so you want to be careful to not overrate it, but does this establish him as like, oh, hey, I thought he was just this, uh, you know, play him at home and against weaker teams, but now you feel like maybe you could play him everywhere? I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's not just one start. No, like, it's, he hasn't been bad yet. It, I mean, if you take off that first outing that he had uh, where he struggled, uh, which, you know, obviously isn't fair to do, but I'm just going to do it just to make my point because um, that's how I roll. Well, hey, hang on. I'll also say this, though. It wasn't even that bad of an outing. It was four and a third. Mm-hmm. He gave up all three runs in that fifth inning. Like he kind of ran out of gas there toward the end. Um, only two strikeouts. You know, I don't want to overrate it, but it was mm-hmm. against the Dodgers. All in all, it wasn't that bad of an outing either. And I remember watching that one on replay because I can't get Houston games. So I had to watch because <laughs> I have Framber Valdez on multiple teams. And I was like, you know, he pitched pretty well. Like he deserved a little bit of a better fate, but ended up giving up those runs, uh, putting mm-hmm. those runs on his record late. But since then, he's been excellent. I think you're going to give us the, the numbers in the four starts since then. Go ahead. Yeah. 27 innings, one ERA. Strikeout, you know, 27 strikeouts. Uh, during that, uh, during that stretch, only six walks. Uh, I mean, he's been absolutely phenomenal since then. 
And yeah, so I mean, I, I there might have been people who said at Colorado, Colorado's not been, you know, world beaters necessarily this year. And, uh, you know, I'm going to say they did that. Yeah, because I didn't. I, it was I, an easy I, sit for me. I, yeah. Again, I, I stand by that process. Um, but it opened my eyes on Valdez. Mm-hmm. Like, OK, hey, I see you, man. I see you. Uh, I think people were probably scared off of him by kind of the small sample of 70 innings we saw last year at Mm -hmm. the majors uh, where he uh, really struggled, you know, with walks, really struggled with, you know, uh, with home runs. So uh, I've been super impressed with him and he's got that offense behind him, which is great. You know, the bullpen's a little bit of a mess, but, or a lot of bit of a mess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but I mean, he's getting, uh, you know, he's, he's getting it done without like a super impressive swinging strike rate. I mean, he's really just, you know, getting the, the contact and, and getting guys out. And, um, I'm, I don't know if it's necessarily going to continue, but I don't see a ton in there to think that he's just going to implode. You know, defense is pretty decent behind him. So that 57% ground ball rate, uh, will help him kind of get out of jams if he does get in. But right now he's not even getting in those. So I like him, uh, you know, the lefty. What's his – I got to check what his upcoming schedule is. But I, I think he's, at this point, a must-start. Looks like he's lined up for a two-start home, Angels, and Oakland. You know, n- neither team super easy, but that's an easy start. Yeah. I mean, the Angels have been – Super hit or miss this year. Exactly. It's, so I mean, Oakland's been great, um, but but I'm still uh, I'm still putting Valdez yeah. out there. Yeah, and then likely uh, against the Angels again uh, the, the following week. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I mean, and then let's see, the Houston remaining schedule looks actually pretty decent towards the end. It's some. Games against Seattle, a lot of games against Texas and Arizona. So, like, the the kind of the end season schedules lines up really, really nice for Houston. So, yeah, I, I think, huge. I mean, I assume he's actually probably still available in some leagues, which is a little bit insane. Uh, but, or, yeah. you know, I could see a scenario where he was made available this week because of the Coors start. Where yeah. some people said, you know, I can't hold him on my bench. I'll come back to him. Available in 27% of leagues in uh, CBS. Yeah, and he's only on uh, – he's available in 42% at ESPN. Yeah. So, that's so shower leagues, teams, yeah. go check your wire. Make sure make sure that he's on a squad um, – so that uh, you don't just leave Framber Valdez out there thinking, oh, he has to be on a team somewhere because he might not be. And you don't want to make a bad decision there. I added this guy late, so I'm, I'm kind of springing him on you. But Adbert Alzale for the Cubs mm-hmm. pitched pretty well in his season debut yesterday. And, you know, he came up last year with a little bit of fanfare. He is he is a prospect of some note. Um, and. You could see the stuff like he threw 12 and 12 and a third innings, and I'm not going to overrate them. And in fact, they were bad. Um, but his first two outings, he it was a four inning relief appearance to start. He gave up one hit, uh, five strikeouts, one run, two walks, and then a four and two thirds inning start 
where he gave up one hit, one run, four walks, four strikeouts, uh, and then got blitzed for seven against Pittsburgh. Um, and, and, you know, again, he only threw 12 and a third, so he had one more inning after that. So there's not much to go off of, but he really did look sharp in those first two outings. People were like, hey, man, this might be something. Um, and, and he really only got that Pittsburgh start, and it was done. Gets a good start here, goes five innings, two hits, one unearned run, a walk, and six strikeouts against the the Cardinals, who, as you mentioned, have been ravaged by COVID. But uh, Adbert Alzale here, is this something that we could see sticking, or was this just a spot start because of the doubleheaders? Yeah, I think it's just a, stop, a spot start because of the doubleheaders. I know Alex Mills got you know beat up yesterday, but I still think Alex Mills. I'm sorry, Alec Mills, uh, but I, I think he's going to get more chances of the rotation. Though if he keeps getting beat up, maybe they do make a permanent move uh, and bring Alizale uh, into the rotation full time. But I'm pretty sure Quintana's, you know, close yes. to working his way back. Rotowire so, has him in the rotation next week. Now they okay. don't have him bolded yet, which they don't usually start bolding names until um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday anyway, which means. Bolded means that it's locked and loaded, but they do have Quintana back on Tuesday at Detroit. And uh, so it'd be Mills, Quintana, Lester, Hendricks, Darvish. Could Alzale be an interesting bullpen? Like, they need bullpen, though. Yeah, that's where I think he could really thrive uh, It is in the bullpen. And as a multi-inning guy. Mm-hmm. By and the way, like, uh, Chatwood's on the IL, and that's why he's... that. that oh, that's, that's why Quintana and Mills can both be in the... Because originally it was going to be... One of those two, and there were some chatter. Some some of my Cubs fan friends were telling me that they were going to put Quintana in the bullpen, not Mills. So I don't know that that would have necessarily happened, but now they don't have to worry about it. So I think it is a one and done for Alzale, but I'm kind of curious what you think about him uh, as a. Oh wait, never mind. He went all the way, he went right back to the alternate site. Well, never mind. That ends that. Wasted our time. Keep an eye on him in case he comes back up, but right now, no no. Nothing to see here except a nice little spot start for the uh, uh, for the doubleheader. All right, it's time time to make fun of you. <laughs> uh, are, you are you playing in an alternate site fantasy league? Because <laughs> all your Malik Smith shares just got a real big boost if you are, <laughs> because he got optioned. And do you know why he got optioned? Because he's he terrible at baseball. Yeah. Look, we're not gonna belabor this too much. It's it's a, it's no. A funny an hour week. on Malik Smith and the disappointment that he is to me. Hey, let's let's talk about it then because, um, you know, one thirty three, one seventy, one seventy eight. And jokes aside, this is exactly why I don't like these players because mm-hmm. they are bad at baseball and their their hold on a major league roster is tenuous. The difference between somebody like Malik Smith and Billy Hamilton, too, is that he's not even good at defense. Hamilton always had that elite defense in a prime position well, center field. There's another huge difference is that Billy Hamilton, you had to pay a top 50 draft spot for him. True, but then just make Billy Hamilton Alberto Mondesi then. It's the same sure. thing there uh, between yeah. those two. Mm-hmm. But I'm are just you, saying with- – Are you upset if you're a Mondesi owner? Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been he's still, pretty he's, putrid, but he's, he's also steals. Yeah, I'm upset. Good. You know why I'm upset? Because I have to keep playing him because he has six steals. I can't even justify taking him out 
of the rotation or of, of the lineup yet. Like I took Malik Smith out of my lineups two weeks ago. Um, so like I didn't eat a lot, uh, you know, or a lot more of <laughs> what I'd already eaten uh, in terms of uh, in terms of, you know, what his batting average and lack of production was giving. But yeah, I mean, with Mondesi, you're just eating um, it right now. And he's had zero home runs. No homers. Exactly. And you expect some power. He's not even supposed to be pure rabbit. You, you, yeah. you eat the crappy batting average or OVP, depending on what kind of league you're in. He's, you know, he's six for 10 on the bases too. Yeah. So are they going to like put a yellow light on him at, at any point? Um, Matheny is weird. It's so 2020 to even be saying this. Matheny has been making smart moves. What if now he says, you know what? You can't just go whenever you want. You're going to have to wait for our sign now because you clearly are not making the best decisions. And he hasn't batted above the eighth spot since the 11th. We've been covering that. Um, Did you mention it in a a Roto write-up at all? Because I know that don't know if I did actually. Jeff had it in the lineup piece, and I had it in the tidbits piece. So we we've been on that about Mondesi getting moved down the lineup, which again, smart move by Matheny. I feel like I feel like St. Louis Matheny would have just kept him there because he's a traditional speedy uh, speedy leadoff hitter. Ned Yost so, definitely would have. Oh, Ned Yost would be loving putting him number mm-hmm. one. And uh, so yeah, you know Mondesi, y- your question's valid about are you disappointed by him? Like I said, my disappointment comes in that I can't even bench him because I feel like I have to take those steals where I can get them. But he has been brutal. Uh, but hey, don't don't shift the blame. Don't don't turn the attention. This I is mean, about Malik Smith. Oh, I'll talk about Malik. Saw you on. How many like, shares I, did you have? Let, let, let's let's cut to the chase here. How many shares did you have? Because I know you, there was a meme. You know, you love him, this and that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think you were able to like really. Um, I, was, able, but I, I, I was trying to take advantage of, you know, the GHB. drop in price. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, did you? How, how often did you take advantage of it? Advantage, I, quote, quote. I mean, I definitely did. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to look up real quick uh, on NFBC uh, how many, um, how many NFBC. Let's see. So I had him on three of ten NFBC teams. Okay. Including uh, one a, main. It's a lower rate than I thought, but yeah, you got him on a main there. Mm-hmm. Now, d- were you trusting him to be your, your full speed, or do you have other speed around him, particularly like in that main? In that so, main, that was the league where we had plenty of speed, or not, I wouldn't say plenty of speed, but we had a good amount of speed, uh, and we still felt just a little shaky on the speed. Uh, so we took Malik's, unfortunately, not only did that one not work out, but we also had Mercado. Ooh, we're going to talk about him and yeah. players we missed because that's a joint miss between us right yeah. there. Um, so, yeah, you know, he gets optioned. He's been rough. Obviously a full cut. Um, and, you know, without being too bleak about it for him, I think his his career as a major leaguer, as like a as like a set major leaguer, is in yeah. is in peril now. He might He's be one of those guys who like bounces back and Dyson. forth. Yep, 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 yep. But who, again, has the great defense, whereas Smith does not, which makes life even more difficult on him. This one surprised people more, and I don't know, neither of these really surprised me, but Daniel Vogelbach got DFA'd. Uh, Smith was just sent to the alternate site. Vogelbach axed. The thing of it is, man, this kind of reminds me of, to make a basketball analogy, how, uh, like, 
old school centers have been phased out. Mm-hmm. I think this Vogelbach player type has been phased out. Um, and it started actually a while ago with Chris Carter when he led the league in homers, couldn't find a job the following year, and, and played 62 games with the Yankees before being done and hasn't been in the majors since. Like he, he had 41 homers leading the National League in 2016, 62 games in 2017, and his career's over. Um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think mean, this. Go ahead. I, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, the 30 home runs were surprising, but like, Vogel Box never really been good. Exactly. That's why I was not surprised. Like, you know, he can hit for some pop, but even the 30 homers came with, um, you know, 208 average, but a 341 OBP, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But he clogs the bases, can't play any defense. I don't. Teams don't want that anymore. They don't want. A, a, a true like designated hitter who can and that's all he can do unless you're transcendent like Nelson Cruz um, Jordan Alvarez that type and Chris Davis before he kind of hit this road bump here starting last year um, unless you're really really uh, turning things offensively you got to be able to do more things especially because a lot of teams like to use the DH as a rotating day off you know yeah. a half day off so uh, Vogelbach, yeah, DFA. Do you think he? I mean, he'll latch on somewhere, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you. Like, it, it should have been that surprising because last year wasn't that great. But you know, he made the All Star team. Well, that's because they didn't have anybody else. I know, but that's that's still kind of crazy. I did not realize that he made the All Star team. I think he was also hitting better than yeah. Like he was two thirty eight, three seventy five, five oh five in the first half, which. You know, with 21 homers, like that's that that is pretty good. Um, but he could just go through those streaks where he get he's getting no hits outside of a, a homer here and there. And you like the OBP, but he can barely even use the OBP when he gets on base because he's so slow. So mm-hmm. he's obviously a cut even in a, like AL only. I, I mean, maybe maybe you see where he lands, but I, I wouldn't mean, even I, be I think he's to cut him in AL. I think he's a cut if you need that roster spot. Yeah, I think I think he's a full cut. I'm, I'm it's not that. like he's on the IL, so you can't even stash him. You've got exactly. to sit him on your reserve list. Exactly. All right, so uh, let's talk about some players we missed on. And you hinted at one of them. He's going to be our second guy here. These first two are joint misses. We're, we're, we're holding hands and we're Thelma and Louising off the cliff at how bad we were on these guys. And, um, you know, it's a bummer. Denelson Lamette. <laughs> okay, I was saying four ZRA. You're gonna get your strikeouts, but he's you know right-handed Robbie Ray type here. Mm-hmm. What are you guys freaking out about? He's been amazing. I mean, not to uh, not not to not to blast you too hard, but you went even a step further. You say he's gonna be in the bullpen soon. Yeah, that was gonna and, be one of my bold predictions for the yeah. article I never wrote. And um. You know, he's really turned it around against lefties to the point where his OPS against them is actually better. 486 versus 507 against righties. And he'd, al- he'd always had this platoon issue. And I say always. He only threw 2017 and then some innings last year. It's not like he had this lengthy track record. But he does have a 180-point platoon split for his career, even including this year's numbers. So you can imagine how severe it was coming into this year. 768 versus 588. Uh, for Denelson Lamette. The thing of it is, and I don't say this to undercut him because what what he's doing is working, but it's not like he's added a pitch or anything. It's just no. that he's made 
the fastball and slider, they're they're, they're peaking. Like they're both mm-hmm. operating at the very best right now. And um, he's also throwing the slider the most ever, from 44% up to 51%. And you know we've seen this with different guys. This kind of reminds me of like a Patrick Corbin type of thing, where he's just yeah. saying, you know what, I've got this great slider. Let me dive head first into it. But what's really changed for Lamette is adding a tick on the fastball and that being a real pitch because I was making the joke that he has one pitch, just mm-hmm. the slider. Like the fastball wasn't even that good. But he's rocking two pitches right now. He's killing it. 159 ERA, 081 whip, 32% strikeout, 7% walk. He's even cut the walk rate. I was we were wrong on this one. Where do we go from here with Nelson Lamet? Alright, I'm gonna start with the caveat that uh, is going to get me in trouble, but okay. uh, we're also only a month into a season. If we were a month into a season in 162 game sample, people, you know, obviously we would be overreacting by, mm-hmm. you know, giving uh, like, you know, turnarounds on players and stuff like that. Sure. Um, that being said, uh, I, I will take the, the early L on Lamette with the caveat that I think that, uh, I think there are are going to be troubles brewing <laughs> okay. at some point. So you're not you're not you're 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 owning that. Hey, he's been awesome, undeniably awesome to this yep. point. Um, but I mean, I think I think there definitely is gonna be trouble uh, down the pike for him because he is that two pitch guy, and we've seen those guys, you know, end up struggling uh, and very few be successful over long periods of time. You know, short periods of time, sure, uh, but you know, he gives up a lot of hard contact. And he's, he he's still giving lets, up big contact, yeah. Yeah, I mean, his exit velocity, uh, you know, allowed, and his hard hit percentage allowed, 23rd, 21st percentile over on Baseball Savant. Um, you know, he gives up a ton of fly balls. It's a matter of time before some of those start leaving the park. Um, and, you know, one of the big, you know, things that, I mean, outside of, you know, him not walking guys, which is great to see because that has always been a huge issue for him. And then he mm-hmm. gives up the bomb and, you know, he becomes a multi yeah, homer instead of a exactly. solo. Uh, and so the fact that he's not giving up as many walks is a really, really encouraging sign. Uh, but that home run rate will come up at some point. Babip will come up at some point. Uh, and I think that's going to hurt. So like, if you're in a trade league, I think this is now the time to go get like a fortune for Lamette, especially because you've already, you've already logged all these innings on your team. uh, And you're likely, you know, in a better pitching shape than a lot of other teams. So trade him for a top 25, top 30 hitter. I was going to say, and let's say you've also maybe hit on some other guys like that. Mm -hmm. If if he's carrying your rotation and you can't get rid of him, I totally get that. But if, if, if Lamette is in addition to, you know, Savale and um, I was going to say Frankie Montas, but with his back, we're, we're a little bit nervous on where that's going. But he'd been great to that point. But, you know, let's just say that Lamette isn't even your number one. You, you got three, four other guys who are clicking, including some late round guys that you picked up and you you have a pitching surplus. Then I'm 1000 percent trading him, even if I don't think that he's necessarily going to fall apart. I would still be wanting to deal him. Now, when you say trouble brewing, let's define the trouble then. Where, where do you think – what do you think his rest of season projections should be? Because um, to, to go off of the projections that we have, it ranges from 369, which is nice from zips, up to 410 from the bat, 
um, with the whip ranging from 122 to 127. And they all obviously have a, a good strikeout rate from him, 11 plus strike, which which I think you and I, even at our worst on him, agree. He's a strikeout guy 100%. It's the ERA that concerns me. I I think I'm going to go further on my Mia Culpa, though. I think he's actually going to maintain a sub four the rest of the way. Are you pushing him over four? No, I'm. I think Steamer kind of nails it. And uh, 383, 122. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think, and and that is still a very good pitcher, especially in this environment. And so that's why I'm, you know, I'm willing to take the L. Yeah. But I do think that that is probably more likely uh, of a uh, of an outcome than. I, I don't think he's necessarily going to go right back to what he was in previous seasons. Uh, but I do, because th- I do think there is, you know, I mean, the fact that he is not walking guys, you know, is, is a change. And like you said, the fastball does look, uh, does look better and it's helping, you know, kind of increase, uh, the effectiveness of that, you know, devastating slider. So that's what uh, I would keep my eye on though, mm-hmm. is making sure that that fastball, if you're, if you have any trepidation about it, maybe you, maybe you were, with us that that he wasn't going to be that that great this year but you still wound up with him or you had him as a keeper and he was too cheap to get rid of and so you still have some nerves watch the fastball performance every time he goes out mm-hmm. if you start to see that wane that's when you can see some trouble brewing but until then hey it's all systems go and and Denelson Lamed I, I was wrong uh, we were we were both wrong we're sorry Let's, uh, yeah, we're sorry on that one because uh, yeah, he, he's making us look stupid every fifth day. Mm-hmm. This guy is too, and um, you know I'm gonna give you a little I'm gonna give you a little uh, credit on this one, a little credit back on Oscar Mercado. We both were in on him. You started to put a little bit of uh, trepidation out there and say, mm, maybe I'm not gonna dive as headfirst into him because he's batting eighth. And, uh, you know, just that drop because we had perceived him as a one, two guy in their lineup. But when they got Cesar Hernandez, it made a lot of sense why they were doing it. And I was like, you know what? He can still perform from down there. At least it's not a skills drop. It's because they've added other guys who fit up at the top of the lineup. Turns out he should have been hitting 12th because he's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a brutal, brutal run here before being sent out. 111, 167, 111. Now, this also fits under the uh, – it, it's a month, and in, in a six-month season, I would be saying, hey, got this one wrong. He got sent out to AAA. But at the same time, I'd be saying it's 48 plate appearances. So I will take the L on it without a doubt because 48 plate appearances in this season – is a big deal, and now he's sent out, and we don't know if he's going to get back up anytime soon. He will, but for the long term, I'm I'm still not I'm still not out on Mercado. I will say mm-hmm. that. So again, that's not to hedge or anything. That's just to give the long term advice versus the short term. 161 Babbitt. I'm going to go crazy here and say I don't think that's going to hold. I don't even think that the 29% strikeout rate is particularly real because if you look, the underlying skills uh, with that have not drastically changed. And he had a 17% strikeout rate last year, and Mercado never really struck out coming up through the minors. So I think things are just – he's in a funk, and and it's really bad. And I don't know that I can find a 48-plate appearance sample last year where he was this bad, but I can find one where he, where he was crappy. And so, again, I will eat the L this year. But I'm actually going to go knock on some doors in Dynasty if I'm in one 
and say, hey, let me take that Mercado share off your hands, particularly if things haven't gone my way and I'm having a Mercado-esque season overall mm-hmm. to where I can uh, – where, where I might have a little bit more of an eye on next year versus this year. How do you feel about our boy Mercado flopping on us? Hmm. I'm – yeah, I don't know that I – I mean, he's only 25. So, I mean, like – in and – like I think we mentioned in the episode where we talked about him being sent down, that Cleveland outfield is it still sucks. yeah, it's just a mess. And so, like that's why I said he will be back up. Like they just can't, you know, uh, they just can't afford not to have you know some sort of body uh, there. Yeah, I think uh, they're probably giving some things to work on to get his head right. And he's good defensively, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not like. You know, at least he offers something, you know, for the team. I mean, the, the the hard part is, like, there's things I really just don't like about the profile. Uh, you know, I mean, his hard contact percentage way down. So he, even when he was making contact, which wasn't very often, no, like, it was soft or medium contact. Nothing was going well. Right. Like, Nothing. We, yeah, we I mean, don't have to pretend that, oh, he has this factor. He has this factor. No, you're betting on spec at this point if you go pick him up. But I think yeah. the price will reflect that. I think. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't think anybody is going to be like, well, I need a hot, top 150 player back yeah. for him. Like, they're, like in go, a lot of leagues, he'll just be on the waiver wire. So mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're not playing in like a super deep keeper dynasty. I think, you know, maybe part of the issue was he, you know, was trying to be a little bit too passive. He got the first strike on him, uh, you know, I think six or seven percent more, you know, an obviously small sample. But that's what I'm talking about with the strikeout rate for Mercado, not necessarily mm-hmm. being some major skill degradation, but rather just the funk that he got in that he, he, he couldn't escape. And I actually did find a sample relatively similar to this from last year. Forty two plate appearances. 125, 167, 200. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little bit better than than this one that we've seen. But we, we, we've we seen him struggle before. He bounced back out of that, put up a 785 OPS with six homers and six steals the rest of the way from that point forward. So it's like if they had the time to let him just play through it, I think they probably would have given him a longer, uh, a longer run mm-hmm. here in a standard six month. But right now their offense and, and, if the rest of the offense was performing around him too, they might have also been able to let him work it out in the majors. But their offense is dreadful, Justin. And I think that's part yeah. of why Mercado got sent down too, is that they had to do something. Yeah, I, I think they they had to make a move. Uh it's unfortunate, you know, for, for us who had him on fantasy teams. Uh I think only had him in, in one league. Unfortunately, that main event league. Um <laughs> so uh yeah. I think he'll be back at some point this year. I, I wouldn't mind because the price would be so cheap trying to buy low on him. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also not like super pumped. Like I'm, I'm not like, like really going to go push it. Uh, you know, I'm pretty much you know saying, Hey, here's the bottom guy in my roster. You want to trade? I agree. I agree. I, I take a look at Mercado uh, in a, in a dynasty slash keeper uh, AL only something like that and say, Hey, you want to make a trade? If they say, nah, I'm still asking a pretty high price. I say, okay, good luck. I hope he does well because I like him, but I'm not going to overpay for it. So mm-hmm. Oscar Mercado, we got that one wrong. This one is, um, I don't know where you stood on him. So I'm, I'm 
joining I'm, I'm putting this out as a solo but you might join me here i don't know Luis robert i started to really peel back uh based on the fact that it was a pretty pretty rough plate profile and i was worried that we can get the volatile negative end of that in the bigs and and he's gonna not pan out as a top 100 pick turns out uh, he's you know he's like strike out a bunch don't walk much Sure, I can do that and still hit five homers and steal f- four bases with a very capable 276 average. He's been killing it, and uh, you know I, I really backed off on on overdrafting him because I was nervous based on the fact that he had 24% strikeout and 5% walk in AAA last year. He's at 34% and 7% respectively this year in the majors. But like I said, it has not harmed him because he is so skilled up that. Um, He's just he's just outrunning the strikeout and walk ratios, and this would be classified under the stuff that we were talking about with DVR and uh, Eno talking about on rates and barrels. Mm-hmm. Don't get too locked in on what somebody doesn't do and let it make you uh, ignore what they are able to do. And you know you have to be mindful of it because I do think that this plate uh, plate skill plate profile will lead to some some cold stretches. But he's been killing it, and I was, you know, I was backing off, saying don't take him as a top 100 guy, and he's been incredible. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't taking him as a top 100 guy. I mean, but I did acknowledge that the uh, this kind of upside was there. I just also acknowledged that there was uh, a ton of downside, mm-hmm. and I still believe that's there. I mean, yeah. he's swinging outside the zone almost 50% of the time. Holy Toledo. His swinging strike rate is 26.3%. It's really bad. It's really I I, I could see like, a scenario where I come super around super scared. Yeah, you're going to come I, around trade for him and then he's going to hit 220 the rest no, of the year. No, I was gonna, I was going to go the other way. I was going to say I come around and get a W by the end. Yeah, but exactly. At, at this juncture I will eat the L because I was uh, mm-hmm. I, I did I did have some pretty big nerves about him, but this is still a worrisome plate profile. Here's the thing, in in redraft single season here, would you be looking to maybe trade Robert? Sure, because I think you could get you get whatever you, know, you want. Yeah, I mean I think in Dynasty too, honestly. Yeah, like quite uh, whatever you want in Dynasty, I think, and yeah. then in redraft, I think you can get. A premium pitcher with a bat thrown in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the stat cast numbers are crazy. I mean, 83rd percentile exit velocity, 86th percentile uh, in hard hit percentage. But then you go down 8th percentile in strikeout percentage, 2 percentile in win percentage. Goodness. I mean, this is in some ways the outfield equivalent of Alberto Mondesi. Where yes. he, in a in in some samples, he is just gonna light the world on fire, and in but other also, samples, he could be scary bad. Um, I think the nice thing uh, that was one of the reasons I kind of tempered my expectations a little bit on Robert is the fact that he's running. Yes, uh, you he's love already, to see that. Yeah, because I was afraid the White Sox were not a team that stole last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was afraid that they wouldn't let him run. He's four for six on the base paths. Uh, you know, seems to be like a pretty decent base dealer, obviously does have speed, uh, quite a bit of speed in that profile. Uh, and so 
I think even when time things aren't going well, and there will be times where things don't go well, you'll at least get that speed. And the defense is pretty darn good as well. Yeah, yeah. the, the <laughs> play with the balls from yeah, so good. And his uh, Eloy Jimenez's face on that just <laughs> just Twitter search Eloy Jimenez Luis Robert. The clip will come up. It was so great. I loved mm-hmm. Eloy's face. He's just like, okay, bro, okay, that, that's fine. He wasn't even mad. Like he just looked like fine. I don't care. Oh, it's I, I mean like. If they're going to be this generation's uh, Andres and Beltre, that's going to be really fun for a really long time. Totally agree. Totally. We got two pairs like that, Acuna and Albies also, mm-hmm. the way they the way they play and have fun. I, I love it. I love it. And, uh, yeah, if Jimenez and Robert, because don't mistake, for those that maybe aren't familiar with their relationship, the look on Jimenez's face was just like, bruh. You're crazy. It was mm-hmm. not pissed off or anger. It was just like, you're insane. No, it's Play. like being annoyed at your little brother. Yes, exactly. Like, are, are you really over here right now? I could have caught that, dude. But fine. Do your thing. You waste your energy. I'm I'm cool. I'm chilling. Um, you mentioned, you know, this could be a little bit Mondesi-esque, Mondesian, if you will. Oh, I like uh, that. But it could also be Tatisian. Yeah. Because, again— that was the guy that that DVR and Eno were bringing up that point through about saying like don't get too hung up on on what he doesn't do, which is uh, uh, make a ton of contact and make it uh, make it uh, blind make you blind, excuse me, to the fact that of what he can do, which is the power speed excellence. Now to Tatis's credit, he's walking more, he's swinging less. Uh, his swing strike rate was never as crazy as mm-hmm. as Roberts. And uh, he's swinging less outside the zone this year. So he has actually shown some improvement. But I will take an L on Robert right now. Um, and I would be open to making those trades, though, because I do think you can get a mint. And if your speed is is taken care of and you're not desperate for his speed, then maybe cash that in. Now, when we were mentioning all those great pitching outings, some people are probably wondering, well, why why wouldn't you mention Trevor Bauer? He threw a one a one hitter in seven innings, which was a complete game because it's part of a doubleheader, um, with three three walks, nine strikeouts, and he's been amazing. Yes, he has. I was saving him for this section because I got him wrong, and uh, he's pitching a lot more like the guy who was chasing down uh, a Cy Young before Ian Kinsler hit him with a batted ball a couple years ago. Then the guy last year who was hucking the ball over the center field wall and uh, pitching to a 4.48 ERA and 125 WHIP, including a 6.39 with Cincinnati. Now, I didn't think he was going to be that guy. I, I I didn't think he was going to be trash, but I called him right-handed Robbie Ray. Like that was my that was my comp. Stood by that. Uh, Robbie Ray had, has never been this good, and Bauer's been off the charts he's leading baseball in so many different things era 0.68 so close to a perfect era um (laughs) whip 0.57 hits per nine 2.7 he's leading the national league in strikeouts 14.0 um strikeout per nine he has 41 in 26 and a third he's been excellent no two ways around it has two shutouts which again that seven inning does count as a shutout um uh, as part of the doubleheader, I got uh, actually both of his shutouts are seven innings. But hey, they count. That's that's the rules that we're playing under. Mm-hmm. He's been awesome, and um, you know, 
I, I knew the talent was there. I didn't trust the volatility. And this is this is the nerve-wracking thing about him, though, is because it can bounce so wildly mm-hmm. from a 448 ERA last year that he completely earned to a .68 ERA this year that he's earning pretty much, too. Not that, not that that's going to maintain, but, I mean, he's pitching brilliantly. So I got Bauer wrong. I don't think this one's going to turn south. I think he's going to continue to pitch well this year. Uh, how, how do you feel about Bauer, and where were you on him coming into the season? I can't quite remember. I was kind of sitting on the fence with him. Okay. Um, well, then you don't have to take I'll, – I'll eat this crow by myself. You you sit off to the yeah. side there. I mean, the I fence. don't have him on any team, so I'm not benefiting from this uh, whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but I just kind of faded him for other starters in his area. You know, I mean, the comp I'd used for him was a pitcher version of, of B.J. Upton. Oh, Yeah. Because he is, I like that. I like going tinkerer. hitter comp. Yeah, he he he's a guy that uh, he he figures out something, it's going well, and then for no apparent reason, I can make it better. Changes it. No, I can make it better. It's like Trev, you got it already, dude. No, I can mm-hmm. make it better. Hang on, yeah. give me one second. Yeah, exactly. And so for that reason alone, like I don't know that this will continue because I don't trust him, <laughs> like at all. Like he he is he is the fantasy baseball equivalent of the spouse who cheats on you. Uh, like things are going well, and then all of a sudden it's like, why? Why did you do that? Like it makes I no sense. I had to. I had. It, yeah. Was, I had to do it. Exactly. So uh, I trust him zero. Uh, that being said, I mean he has been. I mean look at the p vowels on his pitches. Uh, just it, filthy. Like it's just. just and he throws a million of them, and so it's so hard for the hitter to guess uh, when he is on, uh, and you know multiple pitches are working at the same time. So uh, I think this was, I think there was, you know, a thought that obviously this was an outcome in, you know, in the range of possibilities. But it was Certainly. the hard part for me was the range of the possibilities were just so wild uh, and varied that I wasn't willing to dive in. Uh, regret it a little bit. Will I regret it in a month? I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, that you, you, you sum it up perfectly. But I was vehemently telling people to chill and not go crazy. So because I was advocating against him, whereas you were just kind of sitting on the fence, I will eat that L. And again, I don't think this is one I'm going to be able to come back around on necessarily. Now, one thing, and this isn't to undercut what he's doing, he's, he's certainly increased his spin quite a bit. And there's been all that, you know, from him, all the talk about like, hmm, how did all these Astros increase their spin? Let me do some tests here. And he was, you know, pretty open about showing that you can increase spin very, very easily in one particular way. Now, all of a sudden, he's 100th percentile in fastball spin and 90th in curve spin. <laughs> I'm just saying it's working, yeah. though. But here's the thing. Uh, even if he is doing that, even if he is using something to, to get that grip. Everybody Everyone is. does it. So it yeah. doesn't like and I'm, I'm not saying that to justify it. I'm saying it because that's that's the way the league is, though. Like mm-hmm. these poop stains that get, these guys have on their hats of stuff that that we just up. Oh, there he is with his poop stain hat. It's fine. So it's like it's just this accepted thing anyway. So even if he even if that is what he's doing and then that's what's helped him g- jump to this level, it's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. And and. And frankly, I mean, whatever. I, I don't care. It's fun watching him pitch. I will say that. And listen, I don't agree with everything he does. He does some some idiot stuff. But I don't throw out the entire 
power experience because there's some great stuff that he does. Some of the videos, mm-hmm. the content that he's creating. <laughs> the shoes were the free Joe Kelly shoes were hilarious. Um, but the content that he's creating and, and the access that he's giving to players, um, to himself and, and some of his teammates and friends is incredible. And, you know, I think you can do both. You can you can push back on him on some of the stuff that you vehemently disagree with him on. Uh, often non-baseball stuff that that he really gets people riled up about. So you can push back on that without completely throwing him out. Like I I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything, and maybe I'm missing something. And if I am, feel free to tweet me about it. But I haven't seen anything that suggests to me that he's a bad person. Just that he can be a douche at times, and he's done some, mm-hmm. you know. When when he went after that one person who was trolling him, that girl who was trolling him, part of it is talk shit, get hit. But at the same time, he has a platform. He has to understand that his platform is is too powerful to wield like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but can I acknowledge that that's douchey? But then still see, hey, there's also also some cool stuff that he brings to the table. I don't know. I'm torn on him because I know you bring him up and there's some people that are just like, I'm out, total piece of garbage. I hate him. I think he's the worst person ever. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's a lot of money to charity too. So I mean, it's like, um, and that doesn't inherit, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, make you a good person either. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think when, I, I think we need to chill a little bit on, uh, judging people's uh character um especially on their worst moments and yeah and, and never allowing well, and any... people we don't know like yeah. it's you know he's never been caught hitting a woman or anything like that yeah. like it's not like he's one of these guys uh i mean it, yeah is he douchey at times sure but you I know mean, so am i so like yeah ex- i was just about to say that just i mean it's like <laughs> but it's, it's like true like jokes aside like yeah you know i've done some some dildonic things myself and like <laughs> it happens like i, I don't know i I, I, I we think need a I th- glossary for some of our terms today. That's true. That's true. Eldonic, I, I that, That's uh, when when I called somebody that that was meeting a troll in my chat, Dildonic, one time, and my chat just lost it. So I've been using that one for a while. That's behaving um, like or uh, in in a dildo esque sort of way. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be Dildonic. I will say that. Uh, next one. This is all you. This is all you, because I was nowhere near this. In fact, I was trolling you on the Mookie Betts. Uh, and I don't want to say hate, but the Mookie Betts cold water that you were trying to throw. He's been amazing. 306, 376, 53, nine homers. Speak. <laughs> Speak for yourself. What do you have to say for yourself, young man? Uh, I was wrong. Like, <laughs> That's I mean, a good start. Uh, I. <laughs> It's hard because part of me, it's like, yeah, like I, 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 you know, it was probably stupid for me to say he wouldn't be a top 20 outfielder. Um, I did have concerns. I don't think that those concerns were necessarily that of a bad process, um, but just that he is just one of these players that could hit on the moon. Yeah, I mean, um, he's a, a monster. Like, Yeah. Uh, you know, do I still think that, you know, he may not run? to the degree that we've seen in the past that have made him, you know, one of the best players or the best player in fantasy at times. Sure. I mean, he's only got two stolen bases on two attempts. That also applies Uh, to trout though, too. Yeah. I think, I think that that's the comp is, uh, you know, he is trout 
in some ways, uh, you know, maybe not exactly Trout, but he is, you know, of that level of uh, caliber of a hitter. He's trying a lot uh, of the good ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that alone makes him just an elite fantasy player. And that I think it, maybe that is the the flaw in in what I was saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know much more. What else I can really say is I was yeah. wrong on Mookie Betts. Faded him uh, hard. Uh, looked like a uh, a really great call after three games. <laughs> and you were taking your victory laps. You're like, hey, man. Oh, that, totally was. That totally bad idiot, dude. I nailed it. You I know, mean, he didn't hit a home run till almost August. Come on. In a tough. regular that's, season. That's tough, bro. You know. <laughs> you know, where you lost me was the was the, the top 20 outfielder thing. If you had just kind of done the, like. If I had done top 10, it probably would have been. Yeah, or, or, or the, uh, the, the, the new guy getting the giant because he got the giant deal too and you could have said mm-hmm. new place that well you know the giant how I feel. deal actually made me a like kind of back off of it a little bit oh because he, he had the certainty because he in? had the certainty locked in and so i was like okay well maybe he will steal now um because oh, yeah, he doesn't have to worry about getting hurt yeah exactly a, uh, free agent yeah, that's a good call yeah 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 um, you know, still not stealing, you know, a tremendous amount. No, uh, but, but it's really it's hard, hard to steal to when steal. you hit home. <laughs> yeah. no, sorry, that's what you were going to. I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry, I'm literally sorry. about to say that. No, perfect. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you can't steal when you're jogging around the bases. That's just, no, they don't allow you. It, it, yeah. it, did you reason, see like, the tweet uh, uh, that someone uh, did the other day where it's like, I can't believe the Padres are paying Machado $300 million to watch Mookie Betts round third. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, man, I, I, I was going to bring up Machado, but I don't, I don't want to. I, I I feel like I'm going to take – I want to take a W on him, man. He's hitting 222. He does have six homers, though, and two steals. But he just never gave me the warm and fuzzies. I, I just – if you look, another guy like Bauer for me where I was just tepid on him. Yeah, I, I was just like – and shortstop's so deep. Mm-hmm. That I, I, you know, but this is about taking L's, so I, I don't want to sit here and try to tout myself. Now, Dylan Bundy is another one. I got, I got to let you fly solo here on this mm-hmm. one because yeah, this was actually a point of contention between us yep. that I was ready to buy in on the uh, on the discount flyer, and you had your concerns about Dylan Bundy. Talk to us about uh, the man with a 2.48 ERA and a point, .80 WHIP. I'm sure you were geeked that his one bad start this year came against your squad. <laughs> They did I was just their about best to say, sport. like, I, I made, you know, after that Seattle, second Seattle start where he, he pitched a complete game, struck out 10, um, I, you know, people were getting all psychos. I was like, hey, let's, let's talk about the level of competition. So finally goes up against a good team in my Giants. <laughs> Gets slacked a little bit. He did. They get knocked around. Fours were wild. Four, four mm-hmm. innings, four hits, four runs, four walks. Uh, it would have been funny if he got the fourth strikeout. He only got three. Gives up a couple of homers. You know, his first bump in the road. Um, you talk about competition, though. To Seattle, to Oakland. Oakland's mm-hmm. awesome. So, you know, he has he has beat up a, a good team twice. But the, San Francisco does get him a bit. But, hey, even with the four and four, mm-hmm. the numbers have been off the charts. Um, are you fully 180-ing on him, or are you s- still nervous? Uh, More like 90 Degreeing on okay, him. Okay. So, so you're like, turning, but you're not totally saying like, let me dive in head first. Yeah, I mean, I think they're. Uh, l- let's talk about the good before you know. Uh, I I say I, I don't know how much I believe it yet. Um, the pitch mix is just. I mean, he is pitching backwards. 
uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, you know, fastball percentage under 40%, where it's always been 50 to 60% uh, percent through the course of his career. And I mean, I think what, I think one, he is really benefiting from the fantastic catching that is happening yes. in uh, in Los Angeles. With I mean, both guys, yeah, Castro both, and both Stassi. Castro and Stasi are really, really good framers, uh, really, really good game callers. Uh, and I mean, I think that has really helped. I also think the fact that uh, there's an obvious organizational influence on the on how he's been pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, the Orioles, you know, told him to go out there and throw like a uh, starting pitcher throws, you know, hit him with the fastball and then use your off speed stuff. Um, whereas the Angels are, are really saying, hey, no, your fastball isn't good, dude. It's, it's it's I mean that was the home run like yeah machine was it was the fastball now I will say maybe if they had like the new regime in Baltimore might be able to develop mm-hmm. pitching and they may have you know if they had developed Bundy from the start it might have been different sure but this is another check mark against the Orioles as a, a pitching development organization yeah. I'm willing to give a little. Like I said, a little leeway since it is the new regime, and we'll see how they do with the pitchers that they have control of from day one. But man, another guy who leaves and instantly becomes markedly better. Yeah. That's a tough scene for them. I mean, there's obviously going to be some regression. Sure. The que- sure. The I don't think he's a 248 is, guy. Yeah. The question is is he a mid threes guy? Is he a, you know, low fours guy? Comes I, down to the homers. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is, is it comes down. I mean, not only the homers, but, I mean, he's done a really good job of limiting walks. Uh, so mm-hmm. when he does give up a home run, it's not as uh, impactful. But it, you're right, it does it does ultimately come down to can he keep the ball in the yard. He gets I, Seattle again this week, though. It's the schedule. Yes. It just lines up so well for yes. us. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know that. I don't know that it's actionable. I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I think you just, if you've got Dylan Bundy, you're riding it out yep. um, and hoping he continues with it. But I don't think you can go buy him. No, I wouldn't either because somebody's going to want a mint. Yeah. As they're, they're should, want, but, yeah. but you can't pay it. I mean, if someone comes to you and says, listen, I want Dylan Bundy. I need Dylan Bundy. I'm going to give you a top 20, top 25 hitter. You do it. Oh, yeah. Slam dunk city. But I just don't know that anybody's necessarily going to do that uh, unless their offense is just so loaded that they they can't afford to give up something like that. But uh, ultimately, I think you're just standing pat no matter what you're doing with Dylan Bundy and and hoping that it continues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By the way, Dane Dunning was uh, optioned, and I think it's because of next week. So he's not going to pitch. And um, that should make him super cheap in NFBC if you want to hold him for the week. Yeah, throw but a couple you will of be, bucks. Yeah. yeah, you will be holding him for a dead week. I, I think that that settles it that he's not going to pitch next week mm-hmm. um, with the five games that they have. All right, two more. Walker Buehler and Ross Stripling. They're on the same team, and, and we're both eating something here. Mm-hmm. Now, Buehler uh, was somebody that you had as your number one, but then you did peel back on that because yeah. it was clear that he wasn't going to be ramped up. And, still, and we knew once Garrett Cole's baby was born, we knew he wasn't going to miss time. Exactly, which was also part of part part of your mm-hmm. reasoning there. Um, but this he still has a 5.21 ERA. He has a 1.16 WHIP though, and the home run rates through the roof. Like there are reasons to 
be fine. And I, this is your version of mm-hmm. by the end of the season, you come back and be like, I, I shouldn't have even taken that ally. He's going to be fine. But we are 19 innings into a six months or a, a, um, a 60 game season. And it isn't looking good. Where do you stand on Bueller right now, um, knowing that a 240, a 2.4 homer per nine will not stand, uh, but everything else is kind of, it's kind of meh right now. Yeah, it is kind of meh, and it's it's brutal for uh, <laughs> my main event team that's doing fairly well, uh, and really all it needs is some strikeouts. Oh, and, and he's uh, not even doing. At least yeah. if he was doing that and and had mm-hmm. had the bad ERA, you could live with that. But yeah, you're not even getting the K's right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You know, I mean, there are a few concerning things. The amount of ground balls he gets has gone down. Uh, the fly balls are going up, uh, which is not what you want to see, especially in kind of this live ball era we have going on, which in spite of the fact they secretly put humidors in places, uh, <laughs> the ball's still, yeah, the ball's still flying. Uh, he, he's walking too many guys. I mean... On faith alone, I think he's going to get it together. This year, too, right? Yeah, this year. I, I tend I to mean, agree with you. You know, the velocity is fine. Um, the whip is fine. Like I said, yeah, I mean, it's a 116 whip. Like, he actually is giving you one positive aspect for fantasy, and it is a good whip. But everything else is is meh or worse. Mm-hmm. I mean... You know, the velocity's fine. The, the spin is great. You know, 98th percentile in curve spin, 94th percentile in fastball spin. Uh, you know, I think he's just making mistakes mm-hmm. um, and getting and getting hit hard on him. Uh, and, you know, maybe this is kind of, you know, struggles of a, a young pitcher. And maybe he ju- we thought that he was going to just vault into this elite category and, and stay there. And, and now he's just coming back down to earth a little bit. But ultimately, I think, uh, you know, may not be what you paid for in terms of drafting him. But I, I can't imagine I, I would I would project that he's a like, you know, mid to low threes guy rest of the way with like a 27, 28 percent strikeout rate. That'll play. Yeah, no, and I think I, I think it'll be fine. Like Would you'll you... be you'll be bombed by the yeah, end. Yeah, because you're hoping for sub three. You've already ate uh, you know 19 innings of a five ERA and no wins either. Yeah, when you take a Dodger that. like that. You're the one th- one of the main things that you're expecting is to get some dubs. Here's yeah. one. Um, let's let's say the team needs matchup, so your speed's fine. Would you trade Lou Bob for him? Would you trade Luis Robert for Bueller? Yes. Yeah, I think I think, that that, I think that's fair. I think I think I would do that too. Um, and I got to be honest, you might be able to finagle a hitter out of it too, mm-hmm. like an an extra hitter for for a lesser pitcher, like make it a two for two, um, and and do something like that. But yeah, I'm not I'm not overly concerned that Bueller is like garbage um yeah i think he is just working through things uh it's unfortunate because it is such a big part of his season already with four starts but i think he'll finish fine you know the projections have him as like a high threes uh with that 117 to 118 whip type 
and then they have the strikeouts getting back on track. All of them have them with at least nine and a half strikeouts per nine, uh, ranging up to ten and a half for zips. So I think we'll see something like that. I think the ERA will be even better. Like I, I think there's reason to believe that Bueller will get on track and be closer to like a three 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 four ERA and be fine. But um, I understand why uh, you got to kind of take an L here because he was your top guy for a while, mm-hmm. and even when you backed off, you were still. A big fan and it hasn't panned out uh, and I'm going to I'm going to take a fat L on on Stripling you know it, it's to a lesser degree than than Bueller but I was I, I couldn't shut up about him I was so excited that he was getting a full-time role and uh, he hasn't been good it's a 561 ERA and a 133 whip right now he started off all right but he really just hasn't been good now um, in in the last three starts the first two the first one was excellent against the Giants and then against the D-backs, it was solid. I watched it. He kind of survived. Uh, and there was definitely a little bit like, okay, that wasn't great. And then uh, he stole a win against the Padres because they unloaded on Garrett Richards. And he did have seven strikeouts, but it was five and two-thirds, four runs. And then these last two against the Padres and the freaking Mariners of all teams, he's been blitzed. And it's been five homers in those seven and two-thirds that's doing a lot of the damage. And right now, the fastball command that we expect out of Stripling isn't there. So I'm going to take an L on him right now to the point where I'm concerned that he could lose his gig and, and, and they send him back to the bullpen. If somebody returns, um, I'm surprised that he hasn't already, especially the fact that they already sent Gonsolin down. See, I was going to say either Gonsolin, uh, or what's Alex Woods situation. I mean, perpetually see, hurt. Well, yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying, is, is he going to have one of his little blips of health here? Let's see. Latest news on him, simulated game on Tuesday. We don't know how that went. It was slated for, the news came out on early Tuesday that he was going to throw a simulated game that day. We don't know what happened. But yeah, with Gonsolin lurking, I'm nervous that another bad outing from Strip is going to cost him that gig. And I got to be honest, I would understand uh, because like I said, the fastball just isn't there. He's not a dominant guy. He only throws like, uh, you know, he works kind of like 91, 94, but he usually puts it wherever he wants and, and can get whiffs on it because of that. He gets Colorado at home this weekend. I think that's a huge start for the future, uh, for the immediate future of Ross Stripling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I need to see something here. And, uh, you know, he's still not walking, guys, but too many homers, not enough strikeouts. And if you were invested in him to the degree that I was, which is like everywhere, my bad. But hopefully you got Savale, Frankie Montas, Max Freed to counterbalance it because I, I did hit on those guys. You like how I threw in some of the hits that I had, too? <laughs> I, I'm taking it now, but I'm like, don't forget about my dubs, too. But uh, he, he was a loss. Yeah, or he is to to this point, and I'm gonna eat that. And uh, mm-hmm. I hope it turns around. But I'm 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 nervous. I'm very nervous on this one. I mean, the the, the hard part and the beauty of this season is that uh, uh, it's such a small sample. We can be like, you know, take the loss, but it could all turn around. Like we have these caveats, which exactly. Are, uh, going to be uh nice uh for us but also at the same time infuriating yep yep without without a doubt and so you know we're not trying to just uh fence it on all of these like hey well we could also it's just acknowledging the 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 reality of it all Mm -hmm. is that some of these could change on a dime 
and we'd be like, oh, remember when we took that L? Whoops. But uh, that's where we are right now on these eight guys. Um, some that we had joint wrongness on, others that we we took on individually. Uh, we'll revisit them at the end of the year. But uh, you know, sometimes we get some misses. Maybe ne- maybe next time we'll talk about some of the dubs and take some victory laps. But uh, Justin, it was great talking with you. Stay safe from everything. Hopefully nothing uh, changes for the negative as far as the fire situation goes. And again, everybody who is being threatened by those, uh, either very directly or on the cusp in the in the California area, please be safe. And uh, we're hoping that everything turns out for you. Justin, have a great weekend, man. Take it easy.